0: Good evening, and welcome to Oddity, A Love Letter to the Unexplained. My name is Keith, and joining me as always is Joe. Hello. And tonight, it is the season finale, and we will be discussing Time Travelers. We're going to try to keep the references to Time Cop limited, but no promises.
1: Yeah, when it comes to time travel, it's very hard not to talk about all the weird movies that have come about. Ones that come to mind right away, Back to the Future obviously i think everyone here has seen or knows of back to the future and by everyone here i mean me and you because we're the only ones in this recording session but also everyone listening probably has seen back to the future i mean who hasn't at this point well my wife technically has never seen it but that will be remedied by the time this episode airs and then we also have obviously avengers endgame where they pull off the time heist which is a hype Ass movie. I know everyone in the world has seen that one. I know everyone in the world has seen that, unless you've just been born.
0: Yeah, that's one of my favorites of the modern era. I was really surprised with how well Avengers Endgame was able to pull off the time heist.
1: And I like how uh, they've come back and sort of did the multiverse thing.
0: Yeah, I agree. But this
1: is not a podcast about the direction of the MCU. If it was, <laughs> we'd be making money.
0: Yes. Another film that immediately pops into my mind whenever I think about time and travel is uh, Terminator. I feel like Terminator 1 and 2 were able to pull off kind of explaining time travel in a very interesting way. Anything after T2 though is just an absolute mess.
1: I agree completely. Everything after T2 kind of sucks. My first exposure to Terminator I think was T3. And I really thought Terminator was an awful series until I saw the first two. Another one though, we should think about is time machine itself oh yeah hg wells hell yeah that is a great movie i have never seen the original i saw the one that was in 2002
0: yeah the one with uh, i believe guy Ritchie. is it guy Guy Ritchie or Guy, guy pierce
1: so i have to say that that was my first real exposure to time travel because otherwise time machine i think might have been my earliest exposure to time travel I know that there like cartoons have handled this before. I can't even count the number of times that cartoons have done this. I think the fairly odd parents had an episode where Timmy Turner wished to go back in time and it somehow created this butterfly effect. Ooh, that's a t- that's a bad movie about time travel. But it creates this butterfly effect where like his mom never meets his dad. And then his dad becomes a dictator who rules the world. And that's where the meme, if I had one thing, comes about.
0: Yeah, and of course, one of my personal favorites is Futurama. Whenever uh, they go back in time and Fry ends up being his own grandpa.
1: Oh, yeah, that's a fun one. SpongeBob SquarePants, where Squidward gets stuck in the freezer, goes to the future, and then he uses the time machine in the future to go all the way to like prehistoric times. And then he... up something and he ends up in like a just a void love that episode
0: yeah i mean time travel's been all over the place one of the other ones that i don't think that they've done a good enough job with it is video games mm-hmm. i know of course there's ocarina of time which did phenomenal with the concept of kind of moving forward and back in time and then i can't remember which ninja turtles arcade beat up it is where you go back in time like you fight like a Pirate Bebop and stuff like that, but that one was a lot of fun, too.
1: Yeah, and I know a lot of video games recently are doing time loops. One that comes to mind right away is Returnal for the PS5. Uh, That's one that I've recently uh, started playing, actually. It's like an Aliens-esque game. But every time you die, you loop back around to the start. And then there's obviously death loop. that's a really big game right now where you die and you go back to the beginning. I think time travel and time loops are completely different. Time loops can be its own certain thing so that we can finally talk about Groundhog Day and how great of a movie that is.
0: <laughs> it really is. I, I love that movie. And then I just love anything Bill Murray from that generation. And I'll say it right now. Let's get Bill Murray on this podcast as well.
1: Oh my God. Good luck. I'm not even going to, I'm not trying at all to get Bill Moore on this podcast. From what I understand, he doesn't have an agent. He just has a toll-free number that you leave messages on.
0: Yeah, I'd heard that. So I think our chances are about as good as anybody else's.
1: All right. You know what? You're right. I think we should call the toll-free number and leave him a message. And if he shows up, he shows up. He's He's weird enough that I think he'd do it. Or I guess weird's not the right word. He's eccentric enough that he would do it. Don't want to offend him before he gets on.
0: Right. I'm looking the number up right now. Oh, my God. <laughs> the Bill Murray phone number. Apparently, it's not a service right now, unfortunately.
1: Oh, boo.
0: But anyways, I think we should get into time travel because we've been just around for like 20 minutes.
1: <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. We're like halfway through this episode and we have yet to actually talk about time travel. So I have a few quick stories I'd like to talk about. And I know that you have a a longer story that you'd like to talk about. So I think, okay, I want to do some housekeeping really fast. And then I want to get into a few stories that are quick hitter.
0: Yeah. Sounds good to me.
1: Perfect. Well, as you know, this is the season finale of season one. We have made it through one whole season. And firstly, I want to just thank everyone who has listened and everyone who has continued to listen to this podcast, and I hope they continue onwards. We'll be back October 29th with a special Halloween-themed Season 2 premiere. Nice. Yes, I'm really excited about that. And something special that's happening is midway through Season 2, we are launching our Patreon page.
0: Yep, that's right. And i know that we're going to be starting off with a couple of just kind of baseline tiers we don't really have anything figured out monetarily wise but we know that we are working on a super top secret blooper reel that is hilarious and then we're kicking around the idea for maybe some merchandise as well but more details will be coming in the next few weeks
1: yes 100 and i'm really excited to start that i'm really excited for season two and i'm also just excited for us to just plan out season two itself in the coming weeks and take some time to really enjoy the Halloween season before we start recording like crazy now with that being said if you have any suggestions on what we should talk about have comments want to send us some praise please do so by either tweeting at us at oddity2 that's oddity to like Terrell Owens or you can send us an email which is podcast at oddity.studio now with that let's talk about time travel now baseline what time travel is is the concept of movement between certain points in time analogous to movement between different points in space by an object or person typically with the use of a hypothetical device known as a time machine Now, time travel is widely recognized to be a concept of fiction, specifically science fiction. But what if we told you it's not? And we have examples to back that up. The first one is titled Chaplin's Time Traveler. In October 2010, Northern Irish filmmaker George Clarke uploaded a video clip entitled, Chaplin's Time Traveler to YouTube. The clip analyzes bonus material in a DVD of the Charlie Chaplin film, The Circus. Included in the DVD is footage from the film's Los Angeles premiere at Grauman's Chinese Theater in 1928. At one point, a woman is seen walking by holding up an object to her ear. And Clark said that upon closer examination, She was talking into a thin, black device that had appeared to look like a cell phone. Now, this clip has received millions of views across the internet. It gained some pretty worldwide attention in the early 2010s because everyone's saying this woman is a time traveler. Now, there are skeptics as always and there will always be skeptics. But specifically, Mr. Nicholas Jackson, who is an associate editor of The Atlantic, says the most likely answer is that she was using a portable hearing aid, which was being developed at the time. Now, some have stated, such as Philip Skorska, who is an archivist at Bernard Becker Medical Library of Washington University in St. Louis, thought the woman might have been holding a rectangular ear trumpet. Everyone is really saying this is a hearing aid or some sort of hearing device, but when you look at the picture, and I recommend that you do look at this picture, just Google Chaplin's Time Traveler. This really looks like someone's walking by talking on an iPhone or some sort of other cellular device. Now, I'm saying it's an iPhone because she's probably the hero of her story. As you know, Apple does not let people in movies use iPhones that are villains. So she's definitely a good person. And she's definitely talking on a cell phone. What do you think?
0: Well, first off, I think it's really silly that Apple does not allow villains to have iPhones because everybody should use whatever device that they want. So first off, that's dumb. Second off, this is a really wild story because I've heard of this one and then a couple of other instances where it seems like there are people who look like they blend in with the time, but there's something just a little bit off and they're holding small, rectangular shaped devices in ways that people hold cell phones now. So it's it's really interesting to me and to me personally, I mean, that's evidence of time travelers right there, whether that's people from different timelines coming and jumping into our timeline to check things out, or if it is people from the future coming back to check out things as well, which is really interesting to me that the technology seems to be there in places where it shouldn't be.
1: Yeah, I have to agree completely. And there are many, many, there are many instances of this happening. Quite a few, actually. There was one also that took place in 1943. I'll talk about and touch on a little bit later, but for now, Keith, I know you don't like hipsters. I myself am a pseudo hipster, but even I can't stand the, the really pretentious ones.
0: Yeah, I'm a, I'm a self-hating hipster as well. I like PBR. I love flannels, and
1: I will say I'm the kind of douchebag that listens to alternative rock all day, and then wears their flannel out like I'm some sort of smart guy. But. That's in the year 2021. What if I told you there was a hipster present at a bridge opening in 1941. Now, a photograph from 1941 of genuine authenticity of the reopening of the South Fork Bridge in Gold Bridge, British Columbia was alleged to show a time traveler. It was claimed that his clothing and sunglasses were present day. And not of the styles worn in the 40s. Further research suggested that the present-day appearance of the man may not have been so new. The style of sunglasses first appeared in the 1920s. On first glance, the man is taken by many to be wearing a printed t-shirt, but on closer inspection it seems to be a sweater with a sewn emblem, the kind of clothing often worn by sports teams of the period. The shirt is very similar to the one that was used by the Montreal Maroons, an ice hockey team from that era. The remainder of his clothing would appear to have been available at the time, though his clothes are far more casual than those worn by others in the photograph. There's obviously debate on whether this genuinely shows a time traveler or if the photo was Photoshopped, but the photo has been genuinely authenticated. And this man, looks very much out of time and upon looking at the photograph itself it's easy to see these are almost wraparound shades that looks like a printed t-shirt he's wearing a cardigan and everyone else around him is wearing a tie and a hat and a dress coat like everyone's dressed the nines and this guy's just standing there with his scruffy hair is unshaved, like his five o'clock shadow, his t-shirt and his cardigan with his wraparound shades. This looks like someone who walked right out of 2018.
0: Yeah, it's a really strange picture whenever you pull it up because everybody is dressed very, very time period accurate. Like you said, they, they look like they're from, this is supposed to be from the 40s, right?
1: Yes, correct, 1941.
0: The image that you have of people from the 40s, everyone is very accurate to that. Like Joe said, the men in the hats, the suits, the ladies in the dresses, things of that nature. And then just right in the middle of everyone is this guy with the cardigan. It looks like he's holding a cell phone too, or a camera. It's really, really weird because this photo looks like it's been Photoshopped, but as Joe has said, it's been authenticated as accurate and shows no signs of any kind of forgery. So it's a really weird picture and really wild to see.
1: I agree completely when it comes to that. It very much looks like someone who's out of time. Now, you'll also see there are photos out there. Of course, there's a soldier from World War I hitting the dab, which I think is fantastic another arrogant time traveler, which I think is awesome. Let me see if I can find it really fast.
0: That's accurate for the kind of people that you just think about tourists. Tourists are some of the most obnoxious people in the world. Of course, if time travel is stable enough to where you can go back without changing anything and causing this huge disruption into the future, Of course, people are going to go back and do dumb like hitting the dab or at the Last Supper, some guy is doing the Dougie or something like that, because people are just ridiculous.
1: One thing I will say is that if that's a case where the timeline remains static, whether or not time travelers intervene, that goes against one of my favorite time traveling episodes of The Simpsons, Treehouse of Horror 5. Specifically the segment where Homer is trying to repair his toaster and gets sent back in time and every time he does something The reality that he comes back to has changed. Ned Flanders now rules the world and lobotomizes dissidents Patty and Selma are dead. They live in a fancy house Everything's great except donuts don't exist and it drives him nearly mad until he leaves and coincidentally it starts raining donuts He shows up, comes out of his basement, and Groundskeeper Willie's like, I can help you, and then Maggie just slices him with an axe and goes, This truly is a disturbing universe. If time travel isn't subject to a butterfly effect, maybe these are people from the not-so-distant future, or even from our present, going back in time. Now, one thing I want to bring up before we get to Keith's story, is what if time travel isn't someone getting in a DeLorean and going 85 miles an hour? What if it isn't someone getting into like their their clock wagon and going back in time? What if it's just a rift? What if there's time rifts and we sometimes walk through them not noticing? What if someone is just walking through a crowd on their cell phone and They just happened to walk through a time rift unknowingly, and then quickly sent back. But in that split second, someone was taking a picture. One thing I always say, or one of my theories about ghosts, and I believe I said this in one of the first episodes of this season, is that I think ghosts are the past trying to catch up with us. And sometimes they speed up just enough to make their way in. And what if this is the case that we are simultaneously caught up with the past and the future simultaneously being propelled backwards? Food for thought on time travel, that it might not just be cut and dry and that we might not be knowingly traveling through time.
0: Yeah, and one of the theories about time is that time is more fluid than initially thought. So it is possible to go forwards, to go backwards, and then return to the point of origin. So there's a lot of wild, wild theories out there because people initially thought that no matter what, time was always moving forward and you couldn't change anything. No matter what, if things were meant to happen, things were meant to happen. Like the Hindenburg was meant to explode and unfortunately 9-11 was meant to happen things like that you cannot prevent those then you get into the discussion of fate and things of that nature but it's becoming a little bit more clear to people that maybe it's not as cut and dry it's not as significant as it would be for somebody to go back and put bunny ears on a picture of henry viii or something like that in a painting you know it's it's really weird stuff like that 50 years from now if time travel eventually does become a reality we're just going to look back on all the worries and cares that we had and realize that it's something that we couldn't have prevented anyway. Basically, I equate it to time being like a cat. A cat is not a solid. It's not a liquid. It's not a vapor. A cat
1: is just a cat. That's a very good, very good comparison. And I think it's something that we have to really ask ourselves. What would we do if we went back in time? Would we visit our younger selves? Would we visit deceased family members? Would we bet on sports games? Would we invest in Amazon when it was like 10 cents a share? Or... would we... cease to exist? It's an interesting thought of... if we go back to a time where we don't exist, do we really exist? Time travel... is a very funny very funny thing and yeah i can't wait to hear more more stories about everything
0: one of the weird things about time travel is we don't know the rules there's three or four different major understandings of time travel so there's like the time cop rules where the same matter cannot occupy the same space then there's the back to the future rules where you can change something, but the results can be catastrophic, like back to the future too, where Biff becomes king of the world kind of thing. And then there's the Terminator, where it basically causes branches and splits in in the timeline that are just alternate realities. So there's all kinds of different theories out there, but it'll be interesting, like I said, in the future, if we do start to have this technology just to see how it actually works, I think it'll be interesting.
1: Maybe it already exists
0: it could yeah
1: i think you're gonna talk about that aren't you
0: yeah now one thing that i wanted to show i wanted to show you that i always get a kick out of is i just sent you the link to it now this is a picture and this painting is a historic mural from 1937. so it's a mural basically of indigenous people and then it looks like some conquistadors and then they have just a random guy that's kind of tied to a post you look at the painting and you're like, okay, yeah, no, I see that it's indigenous people and the conquistadors. And then your eye is immediately drawn down to almost the the lower right-hand corner. There's an indigenous person holding something that looks very much so like an iPhone, which is super weird because it looks like how people look at their phones now. Like he's got the one hand and he's just kind of holding it, just looking at it. And it's really weird because this is from 1937 and that technology did not exist then. So where did this come from and what's going on? Was there a person who was indigenous person's descendant who went back in time and posed for this painting and then just kind of whipped out their phone and whoever painted it thought it was kind of neat. They did that. Now, one of the other things that I want to mention is right above this person, in this painting that's looking at their supposed cell phone. There's a, there's a guy who's tied to a post who looks just like John Cena, which is hilarious because the first time I saw this, somebody sent it to me and they're like, do you see it? I was like, yeah, I see John Cena. They're like, what the hell are you talking about? No, there's somebody with a cell phone. I was like, oh, I didn't see that. I saw John Cena first.
1: <laughs> yeah, I have to agree. And in the article you sent me, as you scroll down, it looks like there's a sculpture of someone opening a laptop that is presented to them by a child?
0: Yep, that's in there as well. And that's and from of course, 100
1: BC. So it's like, what?
0: Yeah, and credit where credit is due. This is from mir.co.uk. It's one of their articles. Yeah, it's just showing some instances of like ancient art and art from times whenever they didn't have this kind of technology, but this technology is being shown. It's just real weird stuff.
1: I have to agree completely. When it comes to time travel, I wonder if it's, it it could just be random. Like I said, there are time, there are time fluctuations. There are rifts in time that we walk through. I wonder if that accounts for when people randomly lose things. When you can't find your cell phone all damn day, it's because it was back in 1872. What if it was something along the lines of there's some sort of mischievous time imp that is flying through our galaxy right now. Yeah. Our space and time grabbing things and taking them back with it. There's a lot of options. Once again, I'm going to say it. These are all things that are unknown and unexplained, and until they are proven as fact, I could very well be right. Just saying.
0: Yeah, 100%. Now, one story that I do want to talk about is the story of a Seattle attorney named Andrew Basiago. Now, Andrew Basiago has been publicly making a claim since around 2004 that between the ages of seven and 12 years old, he participated in a secret US government program that worked on teleportation and time travel under a DARPA, which is Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency experiment called Project Pegasus. Now Project Pegasus is important to talk about because it was the precursor to the Montauk Project and the really infamous Philadelphia Experiment. So basically what this was is the program or Project Pegasus began around the 1970s and they used children in the experiments because they thought that the children could adapt well enough to the strains of moving between the past, present and future. He was subjected to eight different types of time travel technology. And most of those instances did involve technology that was pioneered by Nikola Tesla himself. And these materials were supposedly found in Tesla's New York City apartment after his death in 1943. Now, he describes the teleporter as two gray elliptical booms, about eight feet tall, separated by about 10 feet, with some sort of a shimmering curtain of what Tesla called radiant energy. And it was kind of broadcast between the two booms. And that's what would create the teleportation. Basiago claims that he's been back in time. I will say, let me see here. So Basiago claims that he'd been back in time five or six times to the night that Abraham Lincoln was assassinated in the Ford Theater. And he was even captured in a photograph at Gettysburg in 1863. You can find this photo on here if you search for Andrew Basiago and then Gettysburg. and it's got a red circle around this just young kid that looks very, very much out of place. All the other soldiers look like they're about fighting age, and then you just see this random kid who's by himself. The clothes don't quite match the time period. It looks like he's wearing some sort of jeans while everyone else is wearing the traditional slacks from that time. And even his hat just looks really out of place for that time period. So that's really interesting. Basiago, of course, is kind of made some really outlandish claims to that he's actually been to the future and that <laughs> he was going to be president one day or vice president he actually did run for president in 2016 but nobody really heard about it so he basically talks about how he's he's destined to become either president-elect or vice president when he kind of got pushed on anything he he didn't have a lot of ideas such as like hillary clinton he had no data on her And then whenever they were talking about Donald Trump, he says he had a vague memory, but that's really about it. So take Boxiago for what he's worth, but I really think it's interesting to talk about there were projects like the Philadelphia Experiment, the Project Pegasus, and Project Montauk that was trying to teleport. And basically teleportation is one of the first steps into time travel. So I thought that was interesting to bring up.
1: I have to agree. I looked at the picture while you were recounting your story, and it looks like the kid, yeah, he's wearing jeans. The hat is a little too modern for the picture. Also, it looks like he's wearing sneakers. Yeah, he does. As we learn more about time travel, because we will. It's bound to happen at this point. There's so much going on. There's so many technological advancements that if time can be manipulated, we're going to manipulate it either to go back in time and get resources to kill Hitler, finally kill Hitler, (laughs) which apparently no one has tried to do, but is everyone's number one time travel destination is kill baby Hitler.
0: So that brings up an ethical question. If you had the opportunity to do so, to return back in time and kill Hitler in his youth or whenever he was just a failing artist, would you do it not knowing what the consequences could be?
1: I believe there's an episode about this from the 1980s revival of the Twilight Zone Where someone did go back in time and kill Hitler kill baby Hitler and Someone just took his place So it comes to What is destiny? What is time? Is time static? Is there a overarching butterfly effect that can change everything around you if I were to go back in time right now to 1924 and stomp on a guy's shoe would that have overarching consequences that could possibly change the course of everything or is it just someone stomping on a shoe so I think it comes down to is fate a thing like is fate something that has a hold on us as human beings as a universe as a world or is is time static would hitler rise up regardless if it wasn't Hitler? would it be someone else would it be not in germany but in west africa it kind of comes down to how do you view time and how do you view the world is the world beholden to destiny is time static is time fluid I I think there's a bunch of possibilities depending on what you believe and what time actually is.
0: I also think that a lot of people neglect to realize that there was people who were just as bad as Hitler. I know Hitler is like the 100% archetype of evil, which 100% I agree. He was one of the worst humans to ever exist and his crimes are absolutely unforgivable. You also had Joseph Stalin, you had Mussolini, you had Hirohito, you had so many other dictators who were doing just as bad out there in the world. So if you take Hitler off the board, any way that you do it, if you were to go back and kill him as a baby, or if you were to just take him as a baby and raise him in a way where he's not homicidal and violent, there's still going to be somebody out there who's going to fill that void. I mean, there's there was Joseph Garbles who would have taken that spot with the SS. It just gets into that place where yes, in your heart of hearts you feel like you're doing the right thing, but you could be opening the world up to something far, far worse. And that's the scary dilemma for me.
1: Yeah, when it comes to time travel, is it controlled and contained within that period? Or is there something overarching all of this? We don't know. As we brought up in that season, there are there are theories that we're living in a giant simulation. There are theories that multiple universes exist. There are so many theories about what our world is And i'm not talking about the physical planet we live on i'm talking about the overarching concept of life of worlds is there a different version of me that's repeated 15 times over is there anything's possible i guess
0: yeah even with the afterlife we don't really don't know what the afterlife is whether it's a separate conscious state of being or it's there's nothing we really don't know because there hasn't been any communication across the veil so to speak to confirm or or deny really so yeah there's a lot of unexplained things with this world and i think time travel is one of those things yeah yeah it's just wild wild stuff and it's one of my favorites to talk about because there's so many avenues that you can take this conversation like i said you can take it down the the ethical dilemma conversation piece you can talk about some of the really, really poorly made movies that kind of deal with time travel. I know you said the butterfly effect. I have a little bit of a soft spot for surprisingly the second and the third butterfly effect movies. The first one, yeah, it's absolute trash and I hated it. Yeah, the the one that always sticks out in my mind, just to kind of bring it back to that, is always going to be Time Cop, just because of Jean-Claude Van Damme's just luscious, luscious mullet in that movie.
1: Yeah, Jean-Claude Van Damme is absolutely fantastic in that movie. He looks great. He's never been the best actor. I think all action stars can concede they're not the best actors. But it's a very entertaining movie and I love watching people get kicked.
0: I love the part near the end when he kicks the, the younger version of the bad guy into the older version of the bad guy. And he just says, I must be on Broadway because I'm still kicking.
1: I love those cheesy one-liners in action movies. Especially from like the eighties to the nineties.
0: What's what's the best one in your mind?
1: Oh, it's definitely Arnold Schwarzenegger in Commando when he impales the bad guy on a steam pipe and says, Let out some steam, Bennett. That was the greatest line in all of cinema history, and I will fight people for that one.
0: My my personal favorite is from Predator, whenever that guy is sneaking up on him in the hut and he throws this mm-hmm. giant like sword like dagger into him and he goes, stick it around.
1: Oh, I like that one, too. We, we could do an episode on one-liners. They're not really unexplained. They're just fun-explained.
0: Yeah, I agree. I know that there was one another instance of a time traveler that you wanted to bring up. I believe it was John Teeter.
1: Yes. I do want to talk about John Teeter because this is someone who was posting on bulletin boards during 2000-2001. This is someone who claimed to be an American military time traveler from the year 2036, so not far off from where we are right now, just 15 years. Teeter made numerous vague and specific predictions regarding calamitous events in 2004 and beyond, including nuclear war. Inconsistencies in the explanations, the uniform inaccuracy of his predictions and a private investigator's findings all led to the general impression that the entire episode was an elaborate hoax but what if it wasn't let's kind of talk about this and really dig into it knowing that this very well could be a giant hoax a la the ho-dag. but let's talk about teeter's claims and what they are
0: yeah The main claim is that he was a soldier, like you said, sent back from 2036, basically the year that a computer virus was going to wipe out the world, a la kind of like the Y2K bug. And his mission was to head back to 1975 in order to snatch and grab an IBM 5100 computer, which apparently had the necessary equipment to fight the future virus. But he had a detour in the year 2000 to simply get a little, quote, R&R, while visiting his three-year-old self, basically just completely ignoring the fabric of time paradox rule that you shouldn't and you cannot interact with the same matter, which was kind of interesting. But yeah, like Joe said, over the next four months, he responded to every question that posters had describing future events. Even talked about things like mad cow disease, how in his reality, they needed to stop eating beef to contain this threat. Really crazy stuff. He even showed off a really cool futuristic military insignia. But then, if I remember correctly, Teeter just kind of disappeared and nobody knows where he went. So that even leads a little more credence that, okay, he was just hanging out on vacation for a little bit. then since time is relative, whenever he popped back into 2036, it'll be like he's only been gone for a couple of minutes at most. It's not really going to affect the computer virus that's in the future.
1: Yeah. And I do want to go over a few of the predictions that Teeter made. Because there's quite a few of them. Now, throughout this, Teeter does invoke the multiverse theory. That events from his timeline are going to differ from our own timeline. But he did say that the differences were minimal. As such, his descriptions have been interpreted as predictions and compared with historical events since 2001. So keep that in mind. He does say that there is a multiverse, but that the differences are minimal. So that there should be very little variance between 2001 his time and 2001 our time. The most immediate of Peter's predictions was of an upcoming civil war in the United States having to do with order and rights. He described it as beginning in 2005 civil unrest surrounding the presidential election of that year which I believe was George W. Bush defeating John Kerry for his second term. The civil conflict that he characterized was that it had a Waco type event every month that steadily got worse and would be pretty much at everyone's doorstep and erupt by 2008. As a result of the war, the United States would split into five regions based on various factors and differing military objectives civil war according to teeter would end in 2015 with a brief but intense world war iii teeter also refers to the exchange as end day washington dc and jacksonville florida are specifically mentioned as being hit uh this is the nuclear war now after the war omaha nebraska would become the new united states capital teeter was vague as to the exact motivations and causes of World War III. At one point, he characterized the hostilities as being led by border clashes and overpopulation. He also pointed to the contemporary conflict between Arabs and Israel as not a cause, but rather a milestone that precedes the hypothetical World War III. Teeter claimed that as a 13-year-old in 2011, he joined the Fighting Diamondbacks, a shotgun infantry unit in Florida, for at least four years. Now, in other posts, he described himself as hiding from the war. But, Teeter, once again, invokes that the multiverse theory exists and that it is correct. And that this caused a new time stream to form because of his time travel. Like what happens in Avengers Endgame. This gives his predictions the ability to stand up to scrutiny when they fail to pass. Like all of them have. We have not been nuked. Omaha, Nebraska is not there capital of the united states in our timeline Tier could very well be traveling and visiting as a tourist basically as he said he's a time tourist from his time of 2036 one of them good old fighting down backs in florida
0: the crazy thing to me especially when you mentioned the civil conflict surrounding a presidential election yeah so if it's a different multiverse or a different universe sounds very much so like the elections in 2016 and 2020. It just felt like the entire country was very divided in where they wanted to go with whoever led the country. I know that a lot of his predictions have been way off. Talking about the civil unrest and the upcoming civil war, it just always brings me to where we are with the political climate of today. Everyone is so hotheaded, either left, right, the only people who don't care are the people who are in the center. Like, I don't care. Both of you are terrible. And it's just interesting that he would talk about something like that because it's something that I can see happening in the future. If people don't turn down their thermostats.
1: Yeah. I think this almost falls more into the multiverse than it does time travel just because near the end, as these predictions stop being correct, People are more like, well, he did say that there are different universes, and my time and our timeline is different from his timeline. That could very well be the case. I think in this case, this is someone screwing around on the internet in 2000 2001 and making predictions, educated predictions. But then I think the end day World War III, where DC and Jacksonville. Jacksonville. Let me say that again. DC and Jacksonville. I want to emphasize, DC and Jacksonville getting hit with nukes. I mean, if they're really out to destroy all elite wrestling before it starts, I get it.
0: No, don't say that. I love Tony Khan.
1: (laughs) But this is... It's interesting. Maybe in his universe... Maybe in his timeline, Jacksonville is the Miami of Florida. I don't know why people want to go live in a swamp.
0: Washington, D.C. makes sense. Then Jacksonville, Florida. Like, what what are you going to attack down there? All the retired people and, like you said, all elite wrestling and maybe the Jacksonville Jaguars? Like, there's nothing down there.
1: Yeah, they hurt themselves all the time by sucking. And then Omaha, Nebraska would be the new U.S. capital. I don't understand that either, but I guess... If we want to rationalize this for a second, nuclear fallout could render Philadelphia, New York, Chicago. Now that name these, Philadelphia, New York, Chicago, Los Angeles. There are so many other places to put the United States Capitol besides Omaha, Nebraska. I feel like this is someone who is planting the seeds for a like either a science fiction time travel book or it was someone around on message boards in 2000 because they did bring up the Y2K bug, which was still very fresh in a lot of people's heads back in 2001. Let's talk about the time machine that Teeter said he used. He said he described it as a stationary mass temporal displacement unit powered by two topspin dual positive singularities producing a standard offset tipler Sinusoid. There was a more explicit explanation saying it it contained two magnetic housing units for dual micro-singularities, an electron injection manifold to alter mass and gravity of the micro-singularities, a cooling and x-ray venting system, gravity sensors or a variable gravity lock, four main cesium clocks, three main computer units, and that this device was installed in the rear of a nineteen sixty-six Chevrolet Corvette convertible. Later posts will say that it was a nineteen eighty-seven truck with four wheel drive.
0: I mean, to quote Doc Brown, if you're gonna go back in time, you gotta do it in style, and what better way than a sixty six Corvette that is just <laughs> and just imagine it with like flames down the side and maybe a wizard like shooting lightning or something. This this car in my mind was absolutely
1: Yeah, I mean, this is uh, cool a cool Cool a- car. I was gonna say I just said
0: it, it makes me think of, if you ever watched Aqua Teen, it reminds me of the car that Carl has, the one that says too wicked
1: <laughs> I've never seen Aqua Teen.
0: Oh, come on, man.
1: I've never seen it. And you had mentioned a movie earlier. God, what, what movie did you mention? I've seen Time Cop. God.
0: Yeah, the the crazy thing for me is so all of the science sounds correct. You got the gravity sensors and then the X ray venting, three main computer units. And then you get down to it was installed into the rear of a 1966 Chevrolet Corvette convertible. It's like, hold on, wait, what? (laughs) That's the only thing that you could find in the future in 2036 was a 66 Corvette. Come
1: on. <laughs> yeah, I'm I guess for me, I'm more along the lines of Teeter's probably full of it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that it's I... all just kind of a joke. But I think it's very interesting because imagine putting yourself, though, in 2000, 2001, reading this. Shit. Yeah. And then 2005 comes and passes. And it was probably the like, it was less. There was less unrest in 2005 than there was in the 2000 election. Yeah. Because of the hanging Chad and Bush and Gore. No, oh God, yeah. So there was a lot more, un- not unrest even, because it was just like people just being like, what the f? Come on, guys, get it right. Come on, Florida.
0: In 2009, a report by John Houston, who was a notorious just hoax hunter, he named a gentleman named Larry Haber, who was a Florida entertainment lawyer and a CEO of a foundation. He basically said that Larry and his brother Richard, who is a computer scientist, were likely the men behind the John Teeter posts. And then that he actually, Richard actually introduced um, John Teeter in 1998 and when they were talking about like the Y2K bug and how the bug in 2036 was similar. So it could be one of those things where maybe they were trying to drum up some buzz for a book or trying to pitch like a script or something like that. but still just really interesting story.
1: Yes, it is an interesting story. And I know there's one thing that we, we want to make sure we get to it, Nicholas Cage, the man himself. I unironically love him and think he's the best actor in the world, but we've all seen the pictures floating around of a man from the 1800s who looks just like Nicholas Cage. And Nicolas Cage appears to be getting younger every year we see him. He looks fantastic right now.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. Like, I know, I think he got hair implants, if I remember correctly. But he got the yeah. really good ones where his hair looks magnificent. If you've seen any of his newer movies like Mandy, which is one I highly recommend, Willy's Wonderland or whatever, yeah. that that one's really good, too. Just. Nicholas Cage of this of this age with that hair is just like having a career renaissance like no other, and I love it. But like you said, there there is this painting or actually a photograph from 1870 of an unidentified man in uh, Bristol, Tennessee. He looks just like Nicolas Cage, and Nicolas Cage is, has even been quoted as saying, "No, I am not a time traveling vampire." <laughs> so he's aware of it, which is even funnier.
1: Or it's that Nicolas Cage is a vampire, an immortal being, who feeds off blood. He could very well be that, or he could have just been doing some time tourism, which apparently is a thing. Because we got guys hitting the dab in World War One, we, we got a hipster going to a bridge opening, we got a lady talking on her cell phone at a movie premiere for a Charlie Chaplin film. So, time travel and time tourism, if they exist, if time travel exists, time tourism definitely exists. Because if there's one thing people are good at, it's making an industry that no one needed out of something very important. Yep. So maybe Nicolas Cage was just doing some time tourism and got his picture taken. Now he's like, (laughs) I came back to bite (laughs) me on this one.
0: Or maybe in the 1988 movie Vampire's Kiss, he actually did get turned into a vampire. And he's just been slowly aging ever since.
1: I could see that as well. I know vampires are going to get a long-form episode in Season 2, so I'm not going to talk too much on vampires right now, but as we talk about time travel though, what do you think time travel is, Keith? Do you think it's a time rift people are going through? Do you think people are actually getting in machines and going back in time? What do you think time travel really is?
0: In my mind, whenever I think of time travel, I think it's a device that causes a a temporal displacement or some sort of singularity. And it can be something as small as a cell phone. Maybe that's why we are seeing so many people in the past with technology like cell phones. It's not that they're actually tourists and they're snapping pics for their Instagram or TikTok or whatever. It's because that's actually how they're navigating around. So maybe at that time whenever it was captured in that photograph or in that painting it's because they were checking their device to try to figure out what time they actually went back to but as time has progressed the time travelers have gotten better and better and maybe there's even some sort of time enforcement agency now that basically keeps track of what people are doing when they do go back to prevent any kind of catastrophic singularities that could undo things in the future or things in the present so i mean It's a really interesting thing, but I I definitely think it's a device of some sort that causes a distortion and then they're able to cross over that way. I don't think it's actually a vehicle or like in Time Cop, where they start off in a vehicle and then they end up outside of a vehicle, but then they transport back without a vehicle, which is just weird.
1: I don't know if I have a solid theory on time travel just because there's so many outlying factors like the idea of fate existing, the idea of time not really even being... A concept that is known to the larger galaxy as a whole. Does time exist outside of humanity? Does time exist outside of Earth? As we know, it? does time exist? There is a progression of life, there's a progression of days, and the sun cycles, but does... Does 10 o'clock in the morning exist to an alien race? Maybe not. I personally think time travel is more of these temporal fluctuations. If it exists at all, it's probably a temporal fluctuation. And that's where you'll get the hipster at the bridge, the lady at the, the, at the Charlie Chaplin premiere. The one I don't understand is the soldier hitting the dab. But
0: Yeah, I don't either, but it's hilarious.
1: Oh yeah, it's hilarious. And I can almost chalk that up to something like maybe it's time tourism maybe time travel is a man-made physical thing and not just some electromagnetic fluctuations in the world but i have to ask you keith as we near our last rating of the season what do you think is the most compelling evidence of time travel
0: Honestly, I think the most compelling evidence is probably some of the pictographs and hieroglyphics and things like that, that show advanced technology back in that time period. Because that's the kind of stuff that you can't really forge. Even if you were to forge that, some of these things have been around since the early 1900s showing things like that, that pictograph that we saw earlier where the smaller person is handing the larger person what looks like to be a laptop of some sort. That kind of stuff you can't really forge because it's on these giant monuments that everybody has known about for hundreds upon hundreds of years. And these installations have been along the sides and the walls of them. So to me, that, that kind of evidence leads credence to that, but that also leads credence to other things like ancient aliens, but that's something we'll get into later. I really think that things that pop up in the historical record like that, with people being of a different time in that time period are some of the strongest pieces of evidence for me. What about you?
1: For me, I have to say that it, it is a lot of the photo evidence that we see, the stuff that can't easily be explained. And the explanations for like, the guy at the bridge are kind of flimsy. I mean, that's a printed t-shirt, those are wraparound shades. And yes, those things could have existed, but I don't know if they really did. So a lot of it for me is as we go forward as a civilization, as we have cameras readily available in our hands, we're going to see more and more pictures of people that are out of place. Now, I think the people that are out of place from an older time are ghosts. Because like I've said, I think ghosts' is time catching up to us. But I think pictures of from the past of people that are modern is temporal fluctuations of the future.
0: I would be remiss if I didn't ask this question. So let's say 10 years from now, let's go, let's just hop to 2036. 2036, time travel is out, it's safe. Where would you go and what time would it be?
1: You know, as a long suffering Chicago Bears fan, I would want to go and watch them win a Super Bowl, because that's the only Super Bowl they're going to win in my lifetime, it feels like. So yeah, I'd like to go back to 1985, right around the time the Bears win the Super Bowl. That's
0: a really good one right there. I honestly, I don't know. I have so many. I think it would be really cool to check out multiple different things. But if I had to be pinned down to one, I would really, really love to just you know, kind of be a fly on the wall or be able to not be seen within Da Vinci's workshop. Just to watch him work, I think would be really cool. Or even Albert Einstein.
1: You can borrow the Glimmerman's cloaking technology and go back in time and then watch them silently.
0: And I think that's uh, about going to do it for us on this season finale here, Joe.
1: This season is over. Season one is completed we have recorded a lot of episodes we've recorded hours upon hours of content we've edited hours upon hours of content and we're gonna keep doing it. Season two will come up in October 29th but I do want to ask you this is a two-pronged question. first on a scale of 1 to ten, how confident are you that John Teeter is correct in anything that he's predicted and said?
0: I'm going to say John Teeter is like a two. I don't put a lot of credence into his predictions because they've just been so far off base. And it really seems like to me, just somebody who was bored, just trying to stir up some attention. So I'm going to go a two there.
1: Yeah, I'm straight up a one on this one. I don't believe it. I don't believe a damn thing this guy says. I think it's fun and interesting to look into other timelines and alternate history, but I'm very much on the bottom. This absolute no John Teter's wrong, but scale of one to 10. How confident are you that time travel is both real and has happened? With time travel, I'm
0: going to say a solid eight, maybe an eight and a half. There's been so much evidence of just weird occurrences and weird people popping up where they shouldn't be of the time, but they also appear of a different time. So, yeah, I'm going to stay an eight, eight and a half. What about you?
1: I'm right around a seven on this one. I think it's possible. And I think in all likelihood it has happened, but that we don't understand how it happened or that we don't know it's happened. So yeah, I'm gonna say seven, seven and a half. I think that's solid.
0: I think that's gonna do it for us with time travel. And this is gonna do it for us for season one. So now that season one is completed, how do you feel about it, Joe?
1: I think Season 1 has been a great success, and as we move forward, it's only going to get better and better and better. As evidenced by the formats of the first few episodes versus what we've done recently, I think we've done nothing but get better. And I see Season 2 as being nothing but better and better and better, and it helps that we are going to take a few weeks off, get fresh, and then talk about Halloween. That's, I think, the best part. I love talking about Halloween. I love Halloween. It's October 2nd, the day that we're recording this, and I've already watched like seven Halloween things already.
0: Oh my God, I know. I started Spooky Season like a week and a half ago with the first Evil Dead. I watched Evil Dead 2 last night just because there's a very, very obscure mention of October 1st in Evil Dead 2, so I felt the need to watch it last night. And then we've been watching the hell out of Creep Show, So I, I'm ready for Spooky Season. I'm so excited for coming back for Season 2 right around the end of Spooky Season.
1: Yeah. And I do want to say that if you want to contact us, either sponsorship inquiries, business inquiries, or you just want to talk, tell us something to talk about, tell us some stories of your own, do so at podcast at oddity.studio you can also tweet at us. We are on Twitter at oddity two. That is at oddity T O like Terrell Owens. And oddity is written and produced by me, Joe and Keith. All audio is used under the protection of fair use. And like I said, season one finale come back October 29th. And we'll be talking about Halloween.
0: Can't wait to see you guys then.
1: And until then, my name is Joe and I've been Keith. Stay spooky, my friend.